to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. If you're here at the beginning of the service, I probably don't need to introduce myself. If you are paying attention, I really don't need to introduce myself, but just in case, and because this is going to be online later, I'm Kyle McCaskill. I am the media director here. I'm normally behind y'all looking at what y'all are doing. I'm not spying, I promise. (laughs) But yes, I have been asked to stand up in front of y'all and talk for a little bit because preaching a sermon, that may be... I don't know that, if that's the right description. So I'm just going to get up here. I'm going to talk to y'all. And today is the first Sunday in Advent. It seems about this time last year, I preached a message. I got up here and talked. And I used basically the same passage last year. So it's going to be very different but I'm going to reference some things that I said last year, and I'm also going to encourage you in today's message to go ahead and, like I did last year, watch a little bit of, uh, or or find a Bible study or a small group and do the Isaiah Bible study that Seedbed has put out, taught by Sandy Richter, because you'll start to see more depth and more context into what we're talking about here when it comes to the the passages that we read during Advent that come from the prophet Isaiah. But what does Advent really mean? Decorations, for sure. A new stage design that's a little different now. We've got a new set piece here in the background. But does it mean the considerable amount more than just decorating and stage designs and fun music and all that stuff. If you didn't grow up in what I would call a liturgical church, and if you're not sure what that word means, liturgy roughly translated means works of the people. It's basically just the traditions and the things that we do over and over again. I grew up in a very, very traditional church. And uh, we celebrated Advent. And so all the way going back as far as I can remember, Advent was a part of what we did. We even had an Advent wreath at home that we would light on Sundays. And I encourage you all to do that too. Get your Advent wreath, light it at home. You can follow along with this season just as well as uh, we do here. You can do it at home. Kind of bring what we're doing in the church. Bring it into your house. Make it more than just a Sunday morning thing. Advent is also the start of the church calendar. Let that sink in. According to the church, 2020 is over, right? we, We have some applause for that, right? Some clapping, yes. 2020 is over according to the church. Yes, it's a good thing. And my notes just went away. There they are, all right, okay. So you're thinking, great, the church now has its own calendar, if you didn't know that already. First, you've got to keep up with 
you know, the academic calendar, which is different than the monthly calendar. The academic calendar, yeah, okay, there's common core math because the kids are in school and now you've got another calendar to keep up with. But we start the church calendar today, this year, November 29th, the first Sunday of Advent. And so why does Advent matter? Why do we do this differently than our, our Gregorian calendar or the academic calendar? Why do we do this? Well, Advent is a time of waiting. We don't just run full speed into Christmas because we need to wait. We need to sit in that place of waiting for just a little bit. And Mark was saying earlier that it's this time that we're preparing our hearts. We are looking forward to the Messiah. And I think one of the real simple answers of why Advent really matters is because God's not done with us yet. We're not quite finished. Now, I spend a lot of time in the evenings watching YouTube videos. Uh, back in April, I started building an entertainment center to replace the dinky little thing that I built probably 15 years ago that our 19-inch tube TV sat on. We've been using that for uh, 15 years. And so I kind of got interested in the woodworking videos on YouTube, and I found some guys that do some really, really neat things. Uh, and the fun thing that I have seen about them is how much time they spend preparing for their projects. They don't just go in and start cutting wood and slap stuff together because when they do, things just fall apart. They don't fit correctly. It just, it seems like they need to spend that time in preparation to make sure that when they go to put the final pieces together, that everything fits the way it's supposed to. And so I think that's kind of what Advent can be for us. It's that preparation time that we need before Christmas, that time where we spend focusing on our need for a savior, our need for Jesus to come. So let's go ahead and read our passage from today. It's one you will be very familiar with. We're in Isaiah 9. I'm going to shorten it up from last year just a little bit. We're just going to be 6 and 7 today. I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, mainly because it has the Strong's tags on my Olive Tree account, and so I get to find out what words actually mean for you know, the word nerds out there. Here we go. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. All right, before we go too much further, I want to address just a couple of little things. It's really more about me. It's about y'all too, 
because y'all are gonna get a little uncomfortable at some point. Because I think the message of Christ makes us uncomfortable. And if it doesn't make us a little uncomfortable, then maybe we're not expecting the right Jesus. And I can guarantee that I'm going to intentionally chase a couple of rabbits because, you know, I do have ADHD. It's what I do. I chase rabbits. And I'm definitely going to say something that you probably disagree with. And I'm okay with that. Because it opens us up for conversation. It opens us up to really explore who is this Jesus that we're waiting for. So the context behind the passage, the prophet Isaiah was writing to the the people in Israel. And they had been brutally oppressed under Assyrian rule for decades. Like I said at the top of this, if you want to know more about what was happening culturally at the time of Isaiah, do the Isaiah Bible study. Watch a very mediocre message from last year that I preached on this very similar topic and I went into a little more detail last year. But they probably had a really specific idea of who this Messiah was supposed to be. They hear the words of the prophet. They're thinking, yes, hooray. Somebody's going to come in and take over, kick out the Assyrians. Life is going to be good. They had a very specific idea of what that was going to look like. Fast forward to the first century Jews in Jerusalem. And now it's not the Assyrians. It's the Romans. And the Romans aren't the Assyrians, but they're not really very nice either. So these first century Jews, time had passed. We're talking hundreds of years since the time that Isaiah was writing. 700 years till these first century Jews were still reading and still waiting for the Messiah. And so they weren't just waiting for a Messiah. Lots of Messiahs came and went. Messiahs, right? They were looking for the Messiah. But they still were thinking too small. We have to recognize that God's plan is way, way bigger than just getting us out of our current situations kicking out an oppressive regime who has taken over our society. God's plan looks at it from the the, the beginning to the end. And he says, look, I'm going to do something here that's going to fix it for good. So back to my earlier question, who are we waiting for? feel too often we're looking for that specific Jesus. We're looking for a Jesus that, I don't know what, are we looking for a Jesus that will come in and fix all the problems of the world? We've got problems, y'all. Here's rabbit number one. We've got problems. We've got poverty. We've got hunger. We've got racism. We've got injustice. We've got problems in this world. And what I'm going to say here is there is not enough 
legislation that we can draft to deal with these things. If you're putting your hopes in a Jesus that will come and write the correct laws, that will come in and will magically start this political movement that will make the governments awesome and benevolent and life will be hunky-dory, we're not looking for the right Jesus. We so focused on our own circumstances that we're only looking for Jesus to make our immediate situations better. First century Jews, even the disciples had to struggle with this. Judas was so sure that Jesus was gonna come in, start a revolution, kick out the Romans, and be done with them, and yay, things would be back the way they were supposed to be. Except, were they ever really the way they were supposed to be? God had this plan from the very beginning. As soon as Adam and Eve walked out of the garden, God started this plan. He started this plan that is so much bigger than our situations, their situations, the oppressive rule of the Assyrians. It is so much bigger. This is the danger of thinking small. We get so focused on this small idea, we end up worshiping this little Jesus that can help me pass a test, that can help me out of whatever situation I am. Jesus cares for those things. I want you to hear me clearly. Jesus cares about that stuff. God cares about that stuff. I'm not making light of the the poverty and the injustice. God cares for those things. But that's why we have to look for the real Jesus. That's why that's who we have to expect. We've got to be expectantly waiting on this Jesus who is so much bigger than just my problems. When we start to think big about God's plan, Jesus becomes more than just a baby in a manger. He becomes more than just a way out of my circumstances. He becomes more than a political movement to fix broken systems. And y'all, yes, the systems are broken. We, we begin to see God's immense love for each and every person on the planet. How easy is it for us today? We spend a lot of time online A lot of times, some of us interacting with people online. How easy is it for us to dehumanize the people who disagree with us? How easy is it for us to dehumanize the politicians that we don't agree with? 
or the world leaders of other countries that we don't like. But y'all, these are people created in the image of God. And Jesus came for them too because he, he came for you. So why, this is rabbit number two, why do we insist on devaluing the people that are, that are around us that don't agree with? Why do we give them labels? What, what's, that, that's something that has been on my mind really for years. We have these labels that we give people. Oh, they're this or they're that. They're liberal, they're conservative, they're nice, they're mean, they're stupid, they, they just don't know what they're talking about. We give people these labels. But those labels aren't the ones that matter. We're going to jump forward into the book of Galatians. Galatians 3, 27, 29. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither, neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For if you are all one in Christ Jesus and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to promise. Quick little side note, that word that says Christ, when we, when we have been baptized into Christ and have clothed ourselves with Christ, that word clothed is a very interesting word. I love my olive tree Bible. Doug is out there listening somewhere and he's gonna correct me. I'm gonna pronounce it incorrectly. But it's a Greek word, endio, means absolutely nothing to me other than that's what the pronunciation says. But it's this idea of sinking into a garment to fully put on a garment. So I'm pretty sure all of us have that special pair of pants that we like to put on, especially after Thanksgiving dinner, that are just so comfortable. That, that when we put them on, or that, that shirt that we put on, it's just so comfortable, Right? That when you put it on, it doesn't feel like you even are wearing clothes. It's just so good and so comfortable to be in those pants or in that shirt. Well, I think that's, that's kind of the, the image that I'm going with because I, I want Christ to be so comfortable to who I am so comfortable for me to wear that, that it just is natural, that it's not uncomfortable, it just fits right. And so we think about that, we're putting on Christ. Christ is natural for us to wear. And Paul says in that passage in Galatians that there's no, no slave nor free man, male or female, Jew nor Greek. He's not saying that those things don't exist. 
what he's saying is the labels that we attach to ourselves, the labels that we attach to others don't matter. They don't matter because the one that actually does, the identity that matters is Christ. And it's the identity of Christ in us. And it's, it's not that Christ, it's not that Jesus that comes and makes everything better. It's the Jesus that comes and says, I know things are rough, maybe. 2020 has not been the easiest year for a lot of us. But I am here. I am here and I am enough. So when we spend our time waiting and expecting Jesus, let's expect the right Jesus. Expect the Jesus that is sufficient, that was good enough that we don't have to worry anymore about not being good enough because Jesus is good enough. So where do we end up? Hope. Hope that Jesus can continue to permeate every fiber of my being. Hope that I can continue to sink further in to Christ. Hope that my life reflects the image of God so well that others will put on Christ. Hope that as I live and operate in the imperfect systems of the world, that Christ's light will shine so bright into that darkness, into that brokenness, into the oppression and the injustice, that those things are destroyed from the inside out by people that reflect that same light into the dark places. Because see, that's how the systems get fixed. That's how Jesus moves through the world. Not through governments, not through legislation, but through you and me. Y'all pray with me. God, we thank you this morning for the opportunity that, that we have to come into your presence and to sit in this place of waiting expecting your arrival in just a few short weeks. And God, when we come and we expect your arrival, I pray that this year we can be looking for you, not just what you can do for us that you will come and you will dwell within us in such a powerful way that your light will shine so brightly and we can reflect your light so well that others will see it.
and know that you are God. Jesus, the Savior, the one we've been waiting for. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.